they can't keep a secret. <laughs> are, you, are you saying me? Are you defining me with all of the... No, I'm not. I'm actually not, but... We're live. Hello to all the listeners and followers out there. Welcome yet again to another episode of Sex in the Six. I'm your host, Vatan. And as always, you know it. I'm with my beloved best friend and gorgeous co-host, Lee. Hi. What are we going to be talking about today? Vatan, okay, we posted a couple weeks ago talking about wanting to do an episode on either toxic people or toxic masculinity. You guys all gave us your answers through our voting poll on our Instagram story. And today we are going to be talking about toxic people. Don't worry, listeners, we will end up doing an episode eventually on toxic masculinity, but everyone wanted toxic people and I'm kind of here for it. So you guys, just to start it off, there are... We did make a post about this. There are six different types of toxic people. It's a little uh, image I actually found on the internet. And I think it's important to know that there are these six different types. It's not just the people who are mean to you. They come in all different shapes and sizes. So, Batan, do you want to give us a little debrief for those people who haven't seen the post? Yes. I'm going to start off with the definition of what a toxic person is. WebMD defines a toxic person as anyone whose behavior elicits negativity and upset in another person's life. Obviously, many times toxic people are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. So it's not a reflection of who you are it's a reflection of their own inner state. And as Lee said, she did find an image off of the internet of the six types of toxic people. The first one is the narcissist. They only care about themselves. They lack empathy and they truly believe they're better than everyone around them. The next is the controller. The controller tries to control everything around them, needs to be in charge of every decision and makes you feel like you can't do anything right. The next is the drama magnet. The drama magnet feeds off of gossip and drama and rumors. Drama seems to follow them, but in fact, they create it and they put you in uncomfortable positions. The next one is the energy vampire. The energy vampire drains you of physical life energy, overwhelms you, uh, creates problems and feeds off of that negativity and criticizes and bullies you as well. The next one is the compulsive liar. They tell white lies constantly. They manipulate and gaslight you and they're masters of guilt trips. And the next one is the green-eyed toxic person. The green-eyed toxic person cannot be happy for other people's good fortune. They play the victim. They minimize other people to feel better about themselves. I also found a few other toxic people, and I'm going to add them to the list. The fake complimenter gives you fake compliments. They also lack empathy, and they also put you in uncomfortable positions. So be aware of those people, the pessimist, the manipulator, as we said, and the criticizer. So there are a lot of toxic people. They come, as as, as Lee said, in all shapes, forms, and sizes. But we're going to be talking about them today, and we're going to get into this topic quite deep. So... Lee, do you want to start off with your first question? I do. All right. You know what? This is a two-part question, Vitan. So I want to know, have you met any of these types of people? And then next, I want to know, which one do you think is the most common? Yes, I've met all these types of people and they live within me. No, I'm kidding. Yes, I have. I can say that 
the controller and the narcissist, I think are the top, you know, like those, those types of toxic people you meet quite frequently on the daily basis. As humans, we tend to be kind of narcissistic. We tend to be self-absorbed and selfish, right? And as humans, we love to control, right? We always want to be in control. That's why we choose certain types of career paths, certain types of friends, certain types of situations that we want to be in so that we can feel like we're in control. But yes, so unfortunately, the person that I am speaking about is my father. My father is both a narcissist and a controller. And yes, I have encountered a lot of that behavior in the past, but I, I, I had to cut him out of my life for that. Or at least I had to sever my contact with him because yeah, you know, as I said in that definition that he, he only cares about himself. He truly believes that he is above and superior, you know, to others. And he tries to control everything down to the narrative of what has happened in the past. So he tries wow. to erase any sort of trauma that he has caused, you know, onto my family because he likes to be in control and he wants to paint this kind of rosy image of that the past was always amazing and that it's it's my mom's fault. So yes, I have. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think I've met most of these people. The worst, yeah, I, I would probably say is, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, no one likes to be lied to. I think impulsive liar, liar is also uh, rough because how can you have a genuine relationship with someone if they're just always lying? But yeah, I think the narcissist is is probably the worst. It's the oftentimes. I think a lot of people in power and that's really dangerous for someone who thinks that they're better than everyone to be, you know, in government and supposed to be looking after everyone. So yeah, I think that one is at least of the toxic people, the most yeah, dangerous one for sure. I want to know, Lee, like tell me about a time in your life when you had to deal with a toxic person. And this is also a two-part question. How long did it take for you to notice that they actually were toxic? So basically, for how long did you allow this behavior to slide? So, okay, I, I have to find a way to get into this without <laughs> revealing too much about who it is. Uh, I, I used to live with someone and they were a really good friend of mine. And it sort of became, okay, so to start off, let's, I'll just, I'll just put the blanket statement out there. We're talking about an energy vampire. Okay. So it's kind of this type of toxic person is, I think when you hear the word toxic person, you think like mean and cruel, but sometimes energy vampires, though they're under the toxic label, they often feel more sad and depressing. And this is, okay, now I have to do a public statement announcement. I am not saying that if you are someone who suffers from depression, you are an energy vampire. I've suffered from depression. I know many friends who have suffered de from depression who are in this state of just insane sadness, but they desperately want to get better. And they're looking for any way to help. They're reaching out to friends. They're trying to, you know, maybe go on medication or, or see a therapist, you know, but they, they're, they're really trying. With an energy vampire, it's almost like these people are so upset and so down with their life but they don't want to do anything, change it. They want to complain. And I hate the terms good vibe. Like I hate that phrase, good vibes only. Cause it, I mean, if you're sad, have a sad day. You know, I'm not, I'm not the person who's like, you have to be happy all the time, but don't also be bad vibes all the time. So this person would always be 
complaining. My life sucks. My, my love life sucks. My, you know, my relationships with uh, my, like some of my family members suck. My, my job sucks. Everything sucks. And I was the, I'm, I mean, to all my astrology fans, I'm a Pisces. I like to help people. And I'm also an empath as both of us have talked about in this podcast. It's another one of those terms that sounds very hippy dippy and like, Oh, what is that? But it means that I really get affected by other people's emotions. I have an ability to feel other people's emotions without experiencing what they're going through. So when she would come home, oftentimes complaining about literally every aspect of her life, I really, really felt bad for her. And I really wanted to help her because in a way it's almost selfishly like you help them and then you get to feel better again. And, you know, we talk about energies a lot on this podcast. When you come home to an apartment that's full of this kind of negative energy, it really affects your living space. It affects your own mental health. And I believe it was one of our past guests, Tori, who said, you know, it's important to be there for your friends. It's important to do what you can, but at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself. And so pertaining to your question, It took me a long time to realize that this was a pattern of behavior and it wasn't just her going through like a, like a phase, you know, it was like this continually happened. I would try to help her and, and not like in any drastic way. I would, I would sit down with her on the couch because we lived together and, you know, we would, we would chat, we would have some tea or some wine, depending on the time of day (laughs) and like things I would do with any of my best girlfriends. And she would look at me dead in the eyes and say, I don't want your help. I don't need your advice. And I'm like, girl, then I don't want to listen to you complain. Like, suck it up, buttercup. I'm sorry, that's rough. And I'm probably going to get canceled for that. But like, this is, this, it just, I'm a very, I'm a lot of the times I'm very black and white person. And it's like, very straightforward. Yes. If you're going to complain about something to me, if you're going to be sad and crying in front of my face, you better let me damn help you. And, 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 and now I know you're supposed to sit and listen to people. They, a lot of the times people are like, sometimes people just need an, an ear, sit and listen to I'm sorry, I can't be that person for you. As I just said, I'm an empath. It's going to bring me down. You're going to affect my mental health. If you want someone to sit and listen to you, go see a therapist. And I oftentimes tried to suggest this to this person and she wouldn't have any of it. So that took maybe a year of me recognizing it. And eventually I just stopped giving any sort of help. She would come home huffing and puffing, you know, giving all those nonverbal signs that she was in a mood. And I used to be like, oh, like, is everything okay? Like, what's wrong? And eventually I just had to stop. I just stopped asking her if she was okay. I stopped asking what was going on because that would mean that I had to engage and then I had to absorb the energy. And that's what they say. Well, that's what they talk about when they say an energy vampire. It's someone who just wants to take, 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 but not give any sort of, I'm going to go try to see someone. I'm going to try to get better. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go find a new one, one that's better for me. It's like, so yeah, it's a long rant. I'm sorry for the listeners, but that's the person I was dealing with. It took about a year. We ended up separating through moving out and whatever. And I I felt a a weight lifted off of me. It's bad to say. And I really do hope that this person found some peace, some solace, some joy and happiness in her life. Uh, But it was too much for me to handle. You know, it's really interesting. I know exactly who you're talking about. And for me, it was really confusing because in the beginning, when I first befriended her, 
maybe in first year of theater school, I always got an air and a sense of her being this extremely motherly, uh, loving, compassionate, positive person. I'm not saying that she's not. I'm saying that's what I, like, I thought that that's who she is 100% of the time. Now, yes, theater school breaks you down and strips you of your ego and your self-esteem, you know, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. And sometimes it, it gets a hold of some people. Like sometimes in that process of, you know, breaking you down, they actually truly do break down and they do lose all sense of self-esteem and self-confidence. And I know that there have been a couple of times when I was in your apartment and she would come home from, let's say, work or school or some audition or rehearsal or whatever. And she, yes, as you said, huffed and puffed. And it's good to acknowledge your own emotions, but like acknowledge your own emotions to yourself, like allow yourself to feel them and be conscious. It's really about being consciously aware and present that, hey, listen, just because I'm feeling this does not necessarily mean that I need everyone else in the room to feel exactly the way that I feel because that's toxic. And I Mm -hmm. felt like the toxic positivity that she had of trying to be happy all the time really broke her down as well because she did not allow herself to feel negative emotions. And but when she felt them, she tried to share them with everybody, but not seek help, which is exactly energy vampire behavior. Because whenever I go to you and I feel down, or let's say I feel self-conscious, I am looking for a way out of it. I don't want to stay in it. I am not attracted to self-consciousness. I don't enjoy it. I want to get out of it. So when someone's trying to seek help and actually get advice from someone, that's completely different. Okay. That's exactly what we're saying. Like people who are actually going through depression, they don't want to be depressed. Okay. But some people enjoy, like they have just made it a habit out of their lives just to be you know, draining people of their energy and themselves. And they're just so used to it and they don't know what to do about it. Yeah. So it's sad. I mean, I I, like the last thing I'm going to say on this is I I always grew up with parents who, you know, told me it was okay to cry and, and, and told me that you're, you know, all of your feelings are valid, but then they also would be very constructive about it. What are you going to do about it? Like, let's change this for you. You know, like, let's like, we're going to work on this. We're going to do something about it. I don't fucking like pity parties. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, you want a friend who's going to throw you a pity party. It's not me. I like to have friends who are in the same mindset as me. And don't get me wrong. I've had friends who are depressed, but they want to get out of it. They want to make a difference because we're like you and I, like you just said it yourself. You would come to me. I've come to you. We are the kind of people who want to uplift each other mm-hmm. and who want to grow and succeed in life. I'm I'm just not interested in having pity parties for people. But the last thing I will say about that person, when she was in a good mood, she was a complete joy. And one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just it's very unfortunate. But this is this is this episode. It's like just because we're talking about toxic people, we're not talking about people who are assholes necessarily. You know what I mean? Like this person is a really great person, but had some toxic qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the best approach when dealing with a toxic person? Okay. I have a few. First of all, it's important to understand that toxic people are usually inconsistent with their behavior. Okay. And they want your attention and they're not really supportive in return and they don't respect boundaries. So it's really important what I believe to 
confront them, first of all, about those inconsistencies in their behaviors to tell them, hey, listen, I see that, you you know, like you use me as an emotional trash can, basically, just because I'm emotionally available, and I'm here, and I'm always an active listener does not mean that I enjoy doing that, because it does affect me. So confronting them and letting them know how you feel when they're like that is extremely important, because it first of all, allows them to gain a sense of awareness and a sense of, you know, consciousness about the situation, because usually these people are very unconscious about their behaviors. Okay. Next thing is to set stricter boundaries, like legit, because they don't understand the concept of boundaries. They don't even understand the concept of their own personal boundaries. Because if you understand that you're a human being that requires love and that you are worthy, you would not treat yourself that way. And you would not bring yourself down all the time, right? You would catch yourself. So it's Mm -hmm. important for at least you as the person who's listening to look at them and say, listen, I'm going to listen to you for three to five minutes. Okay. But once the five minute mark is up, I'm going to walk away. Okay. I hope you know that's, that's just me. That's my boundary that I'm going to set. I'm going to walk away because I don't want to get overwhelmed. Okay. So are you talking, are you talking mostly about energy vampires right now? Are you talking about all toxic people? All toxic people. It's extremely important because narcissists and controllers, all these people want to talk to you a lot. Like they all talk. Okay. I mean, like they, so narcissists want to talk to you about themselves all the time. Energy vampires want to talk to you about their problems all the time. Controllers want to talk to you about what you have done wrong in this and this and this actually with controllers. And I find, and with narcissists, give them three minutes. Like that's it. Like they don't need any more than, you know, you know, three minutes, like three minutes is already enough. Okay. So set that boundary of how much you're going to listen to them. And if they're like, Hey, listen, are you free during the weekend? This and that? No, you, you also have to set up a schedule around these people and you have to also separate yourself from them at least for a period of time until you see some genuine change. So after you confront them, you set that boundary with them. You say how much you're going to listen to them, how much you're going to take even. Let's say if if the narcissist is telling you so much about like, well, you're doing this wrong and that wrong and blah, 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 blah. And the controller is like that too. Then you're like, you know what? I'm going to take in constructive feedback. I don't want you to criticize me about what I've not done right or wrong. I want you to tell me concrete things that I can actually use to go forward. Mm -hmm. If not, I'm going to walk away. Okay. And the last thing, let's say you've confronted them. Let's say you have set your strict boundaries and they're still not changing. Like the, like there's no genuine interest to change. I hate this one, but it's extremely important to cut them out of your life and cut them out of your life for their sake and your sake. Of course, you're going to save yourself. But the most important thing in cutting them out of your life is to give them a sign you're not up for this and that other people are not down for this behavior. Because now let's say it, it might take 10 people, you know, 10, 10 of their friends to cut them out of their lives until they realize but it's important for you at least to be one of those people. So yeah, those, you know, I, yeah. you make a really good point. And the last thing on that person we were talking about, I had a conversation with her at the very end of it all where, you know, one of her biggest things was she would always complain about how she had no, and all of her friends would always end up leaving her life. And I said something that was probably maybe a little mean, I can be a little harsh at times, but it was one of those moments where you tried to give it to someone between the eyes so that they could hear the advice you're giving to them. And And I truly meant it as advice. It was like, you complain constantly that all of your friends are leaving you. Is it possible that you are meeting all horrible people 
or have you taken a look in the mirror? <laughs> oh, wow. That's it's, really straightforward. It is straightforward. And it was brutal. And she, you know, she started crying too. And, and I, I did feel bad saying it, but I hope that she took that and like thought on it. Cause like it is constructive feedback. I wasn't trying to be like, you're a dick and no one likes you. It's like, no, but it's like, when you have this pattern, there's it, with anything, like if you keep gaining weight, for example, and you're like, what is happening? It's, 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 it's the world that all these foods are jumping into my body. It's like, what? No, like <laughs> you you're choosing to eat them. Yeah. You got to take a look at your behavioral patterns and, and, and try to draw some conclusions. I, Hey, listen, I did the same thing with men. I was getting hurt over and over and over again. And I was like, all men suck. It's all them. It's all them. It's like, no, sweetheart. You got to take a look at your own patterns of behavior here. Look at the men you are choosing. Like, look at the kind of way you are putting yourself out there in the world. You know, I was going and trying, as we talked about in our last episode, trying to have sexual relationships first, rather than building a concrete romantic relationship. Changed it up. Now I have a boyfriend. There you go. I have a question for you. When trying to deal with a toxic person, Lee, were you ever afraid to set stricter boundaries with them or let alone confront them about their behavior? I kind of want to switch up the person we're talking about. Of course, please. I don't, I don't want it to only be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, okay, so we want to talk about more toxic people. You also know this person as well. I'm not going to say, again, never going to say who they are, but I would describe this guy as a narcissist. Okay. He was, you pretty much couldn't have him in a room without him talking at like, and that's fine. People are, you know, I, I'm, I'm an uh, outgoing person. I, I like to talk, but this person would like hog the conversation, really only cared about themselves, lacked all forms of empathy for me and the many other women he slept with. And I, I really do think this guy had truly, truly did believe he thought he was better than everyone else. Huge Trump supporter, <laughs> but you know, uh, was I, the question was, were you ever afraid to confront this person about their behavior? Yeah. This guy was kind of scary. You know, when people are not even necessarily in his frame, he was tall, but not like he was super jacked and could beat the shit out of me. He was just very loud. And I think loud people exude this like strength and that can be scary and intimidating at times. So I only confronted this person once about their behavior. I did it in a very drastic way. I had to get other people involved. And uh, yeah, it didn't go very well. He, he like, it's a long story. We're not going to get into it on this episode, but what was your, what are you asking me? <laughs> when trying to deal with a toxic person, were you ever afraid to set stricter boundaries with them or let alone confront them about their behavior? So you basically answered it. So here's my advice. Do not go ahead and try to set stricter boundaries or create a more safe space with you and this toxic person, unless you really friggin' value that relationship. Okay. This guy was, I mean, he was like a friend ish, but was pretty horrible through me, for, like to me. It made me feel really shit about myself throughout all of our theater school experience. So no, that relationship did not matter so much to me. I did not cherish it. So therefore I was not I'm not going to try to make this person change who they are because a lot of the times when you tell people, toxic people, their patterns of behavior that are making you feel uncomfortable, especially a narcissist, uh, they're going to make you feel like shit for doing so. So it's not worth it. I just want to add before you go into your question that when I say set stricter boundaries, also set stricter boundaries with yourself. It doesn't mean yeah. that you have to voice them with that person, especially when you're dealing with someone like that, like a narcissist. Yeah, just... Tell yourself, you know what? I really don't value this relationship that much. I don't really see that they're going to change. They really don't understand anything about themselves. They don't have a, you know, su such a, a heightened degree of sense of self-awareness. So 
my boundary is that I'm not going to be so much around them and put myself into situations where I'm just with them alone in the same room. So boundaries are also for yourself too. Yeah. Okay. I got one. It's kind of similar to what we've been talking about, but Matan, how do you end a relationship with a toxic person, either romantic, friendly, or familial? You see, I'm kind of speechless because it's, it's, it's very tough. Like to end somebody, like when I said strategies on how to deal with them and, and to cut them out of your life, I'm not talking about a formal letter. Hey, listen, I don't want to see you anymore. I just kind of sever the relationship. I just don't text them that often or call them. I just don't hang out with them. Whenever it's a familial sort of situation, it's important. I feel like that would be a lot harder to do. It's extremely hard. It's very emotional. And you either have to choose to write, you know, some sort of message and say, hey, listen, I just don't want to see you, you know, for a period of time. With my father, however, it was not the case. I just stopped seeing him. And I I saw him in Bulgaria when I was there last year. And I almost had a panic attack because I saw him. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not picture seeing you here and you know in another continent like let alone at this bar like where we're at like at this jazz club so yeah I just had to play fake I was basically the fake complimenter there I was like oh my gosh okay yeah of course you know like I'm so happy to see you blah 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 but I you know like he gave me his number and I just I did not go forward so to tell you the truth you have to really feel how you feel about the whole situation with familial or co-worker or like a friend you can tell them you know, up front, hey, I don't want to see you or text them if it makes you feel comfortable or just not see them. If it's a romantic relationship and someone's being abusive, like emotionally abusive, I think personally, write a message so you have a documented record that you have told the person at least that you have, you know, you've said something to them because narcissists can go to the police and say, no, I've never been told. I've never been told. There's no evidence. There's no documentation. And in our society, the way that we live today, police want documentation. So at least a text message, Hey, listen, I don't appreciate the way that you've been treating me. Boom, send it. You don't even have to talk to the person. And if they, you know, if they respect it, great. If not, then you seek help, you know? So that's what I would say. Okay. I have one more question okay it's a fun one though okay so you're stuck on an island with one of the six types of toxic people from that instagram post Mm -hmm. which one are you going to actively choose to be stuck on that island with oh okay the controller because i bet they're going to make my situation much more easier they're going to control the situation of what i'm going to do on that island as we're alone and we're trying to survive so i feel like i'd be with the controller because i would I would just give up control. I'm like, okay, you know, if you want to be the controller, okay, control the situation. Tell me what to do. Okay. You know, as long as I survive, I just feel like if I was with an energy vampire, my gosh, I, I would probably commit suicide, you know, in you know, in the first couple of weeks, drama <laughs> magnet. I don't want to deal with that. For me, I'm choosing the drama magnet because I feel like <laughs> life's going to get pretty friggin' dull on that, on that Island. And I want something to go down, but the controller makes you feel like you can't do anything right. If you're already trying to survive. And then they're telling you you're doing it all wrong. Like I feel like well it's their fault because they're the one controlling the situation (laughs) okay (laughs) just be in constant fights with this person see but Um, the drama magnet feeds off gossip and drama well it's only me so (laughs) who are we gonna gossip about you gonna go gossip to the crab over there about me like yeah true no no actually that's a really good point that's a really good point free entertainment No, I like that. It's like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Just, you know, (laughs) just without the alcohol. I have one question left. Have you slash do you ever engage in toxic behavior? And do you catch yourself in those moments? No, I'm I'm just perfect. So I've never done 
Fatan, I love you. You always come out with like the most humbling questions for us to bring us down to earth. No, people, we are not perfect, except for maybe me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so looking at these six, just I think people have called me a drama queen before. I mean, I won the drama queen award for our theater school class. Don't necessarily know why, but I think I have, I, as we said earlier, I can be very blunt. I've got a lot of opinions, hence I've got a, I've got a podcast and I'm not afraid to say them. I'm sorry, but that gets me in trouble a lot. And maybe people think that that's dramatic, but I'm, I'm, I'm just a talker. My mom's a talker. I'm a talker. I, I say my opinion. You can't handle it. Then we're probably not friends. That is like a maybe. The green eyed one, I can see a little bit. Okay. So I can't see any of the other four just to say off the bat. Uh, I'm not an energy vampire. I think I'm a fucking great time to be around. <laughs> the narcissist. No, I know there are people way better than me out there. <laughs> I love self-deprecating jokes, but that's not me. Controller. I'm a, I, I like to be a leader but I don't control situations, if that makes sense. I don't like liars, so that's not me. So yeah, let's get back to the green dyed. There are some times when, especially in the acting industry, where you will see your friends who are also actors doing really cool things and doing really well. And it's hard sometimes to see that. And I think it's very normal, very human thing to feel those twangs of of jealousy or envy in those moments. But for me, it's never been like a, I wish they didn't have that and I did. It's more of a, I wish I also had that, you know, how come I, I don't have that yet. And so in those moments, I, I really, really do try to nip that shit in the bud because it's like, no, celebrate that person's success, you know, promote their success, put it on your story. Be like, look at my friend, look how, look at these great things they're doing right now, because you support your friends like that. You give that positive energy their way. It's all going to come back in the end. You know, you are that person that supported someone their entire way up. They're going to remember that. And hopefully, you know, they're a good friend. They're going to bring you up with them too. So I, 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 I can see moments of that where it happens in me, but I, I'm very conscious of when it happens and I stop myself in those moments to try to change the thought pattern behind it. What about you? I would say the same for me, because I have lived through childhood trauma, I have played the victim at many moments. I have had a victim kind of mindset that everything's uh, falling apart, that, you know, it's, it's just a, a lack of luck in my life, blah, blah, blah. But that's actually not the case. Like, because when I look back on my life, I, I've gone into like Ryerson theater school. I was valedictorian twice. I went to an arts high school that was really hard, you know, to get into. I was part of a national competition for, for, you know, show choir championships. Like I've done so many things and that's what got me out of the victim mindset because I'm like, okay, listen like I have accomplished quite a bit there's no point in me sitting down with Lee and say oh my gosh like you know like look at my life this and that so I have caught myself you know that's what I'm saying like I do have a a degree of self-awareness as to the compulsive liar I have told a lot of white lies uh concerning my situation with my family concerning my financial situation in the past even concerning my mental health journey because a lot of these things have caused a lot of shame for me and a lot of embarrassment. So there have been many times where I've said three versions of the story and they're all true. Like they actually all have truth to them. I just didn't want to say all of it all at once, right? Mm-hmm. And so certain things I would have, I, I have embellished and I've caught myself. Like I, I, I do it consciously. It's not like I'm there unconscious and I'm just lying. I legit, when I, I've sat on like in your living room couch and 
right before I would say a story legit all through my mind, I would say, okay, I'm saying this, I'm saying this, I'm saying this, but I'm not going to say this, 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 this. And okay. I'm going to feel better about that because first of all, I want to share with you, you know, you are my best friend, but it's not about how you're going to judge me. It's about how I'm going to judge myself. So that's so, so I have caught myself in that. Another thing that I would say is the controller as a perfectionist, I, and I say during this podcast, a recovering perfectionist, I really do like to control. So especially in a lot of projects that I've done in theater school, I would try to take over, you know, creative control for a lot of things like PowerPoints, this and that present, like I would, so I have been very controlling and there have been many moments where I've told my partners, you know what, you're not doing this right. And I can't believe I've said that, but it's, that comes again from a sense of, a, you know, like a sense of low self-esteem. So yes, I have engaged in toxic behavior. Even to this day, there are moments that I engage in toxic behavior. But the most important thing is that not only that I have a great group of friends like you that support me, but more than that, I am aware. I, I'm conscious and fully present of myself. So I do catch myself. I try to get myself out of them. And I do get myself out of those situations. So yes, I am yeah. an imperfect person. I think that's a great way to wrap it up and get into our game is that just because you are a toxic person doesn't mean you always have to be hooray. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like exactly just you, but you really have to do some self-work. You have to be able to clock your toxic traits, the things you're doing, and you got to be able to work on it. It's a muscle. And like any muscle, it has to be worked. And if you are one of those people who just wants to say, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I actually am perfect. Then you're not going to change. So there you go. Exactly. Let's segue into the game portion of this segment. What are we going to be playing today? Today, we are going to be playing Are They Toxic or Not? Oh, so we, got, <laughs> we got some little scenarios, short scenarios, and we're going to we're going to talk. I mean, well, you the other person gets to decide whether they think that's toxic or not. Okay, you go. Okay. After every story you tell, they tell one that is similar, but better. Talk to oh, <laughs> those one-uppers. One yeah, yeah, those one-uppers. I would say it's toxic. I would say it's toxic. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong to relate to another person, but to try to say, oh my gosh, but look at what I did and it's better. Or even those people who, so, so let's say you say <laughs> some sort of story about how your life is falling apart and the other person's like, oh, really? Just, just, just you wait. I have something better than that. I have something more worse. My okay. life is falling apart even worse than yours. So yeah. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. When they call you and tell you how their life is always falling apart and they're not looking for advice. Yeah. I mean, we described that person yes. in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Toxic. It's I'm, so I'm important for people to know that because some people don't realize is that yes, you can be empathic and help other people out. But the most important thing is that if they're not looking for advice, that's toxic behavior. And people don't get that because look how for a year you help this girl out without realizing that in fact, she's not looking for advice. Yep. And the thing is, people, there are so many free outlets for you too. Like there are free therapist hotlines that you can call and those people want to listen to you bitch about your problems. So call them instead, especially if you're not looking for advice, please exactly. save your friends. Okay. They always talk shit about their friends when they're not around. Oh yes. Oh yes. Like, like they're all nice to their friends when they're there, but as soon as they leave the bar, they're like, ugh, like start talking shit right away. You, you know, I will, I will set out a difference. I know we don't have time, you know, like too much time for this but let's say you're going through something with you know, like a friend of yours okay let's say you and i are going through some sort of fight or let's say i'm not happy with you about something and i Vent go to some venting yeah. is different i know what Vent you're saying yeah yeah yes. venting is different because i always say hey listen i love this person 
And I'm just, I'm trying to get this out so that I can actually process the situation. So I need help. Yes. So, so that's very different. So, but yeah. like needless talking shit oh. is toxic, right? Yeah. 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 I have. Okay. When they don't support your dreams or ambitions and say that they're just worried that you're going to fail. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Toxic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bud. Like you're cut. I don't need exactly. you in my life. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They love looking at themselves in the mirror. <laughs> you know, I have to preface this with saying that like when when we used to walk downtown together, I would look in the storefront windows to see my reflection, not because I really like my reflection, but because I was constantly so uh, self-conscious about myself and I was wanting to know that my eyebrows are okay or my hair is good. But even that is still narcissistic behavior. So yes, I would say that it's toxic when they're looking in the mirror constantly and loving themselves. However, it's different in terms of someone who's looking at themselves and actually just appreciating who they are. Because if you don't have that self-love, then you also don't have that self-confidence, which goes into, you know, feedback loop of narcissistic toxic behavior. So yeah, it's a fine line. And the question is, they love looking in the mirror, not they love looking in the mirror all the time, right? So like, yeah, I love looking in the mirror. I'm, I'm great. I love myself. But like, yeah, if it's, it's, if it's a pattern of like all the time and it's almost becomes a tick, then yeah. Yeah, it's, it's problematic. When they just lost their job and they try to meet up with you to seek help in finding another and they suddenly break down crying. No, not at all. Not Good. toxic at all. That's exactly. someone who's going through something and you should help them. And they're seeking help, right? They're seeking help. Yeah. yeah. They can't keep a secret. <laughs> are, you, are you saying me? Are you defining me with all of the... No, I'm not. I'm actually not. But, uh, but okay. You there have been many moments, okay, especially in theater school, I, okay, where someone has told me something and I've gone behind their back and like said it to somebody else. And they're like, okay, well, don't ever trust Vatan or like tell him last or something, which is true. Like I do also, I, I've had a big mouth. Now I'm much better at keeping secrets. But what I would say is that if you can't keep a secret, you're also not respecting that person's boundaries. So that's kind of toxic behavior. You know, you know, for me, I, I, I don't think it's toxic behavior. I think oh, that's okay. just someone who can't keep secret. I think, <laughs> I think you should just be aware of those people. You don't go tell a secret to someone who can't keep a secret. Like that's just your own stupidity. Fair. Why would you go and tell that kind of person? You know, they're just going to spread it. But there's also the famous saving, saying of a secret is a story told to one person at a time. Secrets are never secrets. You think they're secrets, but everybody knows eventually. Eventually. It's too juicy. It's too good to not tell. So I think, at least for me, if someone tells me, please do not tell anyone, I I actually, I won't, I won't. But if you told me something that's like juicy and you didn't say to not tell anybody, well, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's a secret. You just told me something that's juicy and uh, sorry, but I don't think it's toxic. I think, but you do need to be aware when you tell people secrets, who you're telling and what you're telling. Yeah. Cause that's, that's on you. You're the one who's spreading stuff. You know, I got two. Okay. They, They always disagree with what you say. Uh, yes and no. Like, let's say if they're, let's say if they're really negative about their lives and you're trying and like, you do disagree, like you're trying to tell them that there is another point of view to look at this life and like another perspective. That's not toxic, especially if you're dealing with a pessimist, but let's say you're dealing with someone who is genuinely not a pessimist. Like they're, you know, sharing facts about life, you know, stuff like that. And you, and and someone else just disagrees with everything and just says, no, you know, you're wrong. No, you're going to fail. No, it's this and that. And they call themselves a realist. That's toxic behavior. Yeah. Or like, like, not a realist, but like, you know, or like, if you're just saying things like, oh, I really love that book. And they're like, oh, I don't. 
or you're like, oh, I really love that movie. Oh, I don't. Or, oh, I really. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But in those situations for me, it's like, I don't care if you don't, no offense, but like, don't have to disagree with something that someone always says. Yeah. Sometimes your opinions can be kept to yourself. You know what I mean? No, it's very true. I like that. I like that. I like your answer to that better. I don't know if it's toxic. I just know that it can be annoying. Hmm. True. Okay. Well then maybe I take it back that it's just, it's borderline toxic. It's not really toxic, but it it gets to that kind of territory. It gets really close. You got to be careful. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Last one. They're jealous of their coworkers success. Ah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I know it's, it's like you want to see yourself as successful as someone else, but it's also really important for you to to bask in the joy in someone else's accomplishments. It's important. It's it's good for you because you're attracting better energy for yourself. So it's really important to do that. Otherwise, it says a lot about who you are if you can't. Hypothetical, if your coworker is a dick, then yeah, you can be. Like if they got promoted and they're an asshole, like yeah, you can you can be jealous then. But like if they're if they're your coworker and they're like a good friend, like don't do that. Yeah. Lee, I'm actually, I really like this episode. I think this was a really fast paced episode. We shared so many facts and and tidbits and strategies on how to deal with toxic people, who they are, how to, you know, the signs in, in, in trying to seek them out in your life. And I'm really happy with this episode. And I really also want to say from, you know, from the bottom of my own heart, how sincerely appreciative I am of you. First of all, I know I say this to you every time, but really this podcast would not be a podcast without you. And so I'm really, really appreciative of that. And I also really appreciate all the listeners and followers out there. I don't care how, how many you are out there. I just sincerely appreciate that you guys are listening to this podcast and following us and commenting. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We uh, we shared our stories. We spread those mad facts. You are amazing, Vatan. I appreciate the hell out of you too. I, I don't know. I don't always say it as much as you do, but I you know I you know I do. I know you. I know. I know. And I want to give a final uh, shout out before we end the show. Uh, we have a fan who is literally awesome. You know, this guy reached out to us uh, via DM and has updated us on every episode, gives us his thoughts on every episode. He is just such an incredible supporter, recently told some of his friends in California to listen to us. So we now have California listeners, which is awesome. So uh, this fan is on Instagram. He is at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, V Sam, S-A-M, Sean V Sam. Thank you for the support, brother. Keep it coming, people. You want to be shouted out on our show, then uh, support. Don't be a green-eyed toxic person. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. And of course, our Instagram handle is at sex in the six. That's the number six IX underscore podcast. And please continue to share. Share us on your stories, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and otherwise. And with that, Lee, that's a wrap. Bye. Bye.